0: Okay, welcome to episode twenty-nine of Uncorrect New York. I am Tom Rosati, and I'm Stephen Witt, and we do not have a guest today, but we have a fairly interesting program here with Steve. Um, Steve, do you want to? Uh, well, I'll actually maybe I'll I'll start with a little introduction. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Steve, you wrote an article <laughs> comparing the. Uh, taking away of parking spaces in New York to the Holocaust. (laughs) And and, uh, surprisingly, it got a little bit of a blowback. I don't... Yeah, I really can't understand
1: why that would (laughs) receive blowback. I mean, people, you know, should, I guess, have a sense of humor. I get it. I'm a Jew. I'm from a place called Skokie. I grew up among... A lot of Holocaust kids went to Hebrew school with them. Almost all of them that I went to Hebrew school with after regular school. Um, Nazis tried to march through Skokie. Uh, in Israel, a, a lot of Israelis make, in Tel Aviv, and tell, places, make, I've been there. They, they make a little bit of fun of the Holocaust. But I do understand that it was a bit of a stretch and it hurt a lot of feelings. So I, you know, to equate uh, millennial bikers to Nazis in in their view, <laughs> is a stretch. Uh, however, uh, yeah. there there are with with all respect to millennial bikers, there is some concern, and I have a theory. Okay, well let's you you get a little ahead of yourself. First, okay. let's just
0: say the the first point that you want to make is that you are a fan of gallows humor, shall we say, and that you know making fun, like irreverently or very sarcastically using a Holocaust reference would be a part of that, correct? Correct. So it's it was a tongue-in-cheek um, usage that you knew was completely inappropriate.
1: Well, actually, I didn't, but once I wrote it and posted it, I realized it was totally inappropriate. But what do you mean you didn't? You
0: saw the humor in it. You thought it was funny. And so the the, the humor is based on the idea that it's not appropriate, right? If it were appropriate, you know, you you weren't like AOC calling something a concentration camp. What it has a when it has a relationship to a a concentration concentration camp, right? Like you you weren't making that comparison.
1: Well, it's funny because I think when AOC made the comparison, it was it was really a ridiculous comparison in my mind, but she did it very seriously. Where well, is, right,
0: but there, there were people held, <laughs> there are people being held in cages. I mean, the first concentration camps were actually in the Spanish-American War in Cuba. And they, you know, a concentrate, we think of Nazi concentra- concentration camps, they started, you know, 45 years earlier. So, I mean... Did, did those ones that started 45 years earlier, did it
1: have forced labor? Uh, I, I think thought- they
0: were prisoners of war in the Spanish. I think they were prisoners of war. If I I don't really remember, but
1: if they forced labor, I'm sorry. To me, a concentration camp, right, implies forced labor, and the people on the border aren't doing any forced labor, right? Well, it implies you know that that's a big difference.
0: I I don't look. Obviously, there are a lot of differences, and she you know. Had, she got in trouble for saying that right and
1: I got in trouble for saying my thing so I, I <laughs> look I I, right, I, but can, I can feel for you, AOC person- about of <laughs> Oh oh right so this
0: is now you're comparing this to mm. to two anim- animated cars you're using like these two car cartoons and then you know appropriating uh, not like the the N- let me of, clarify yeah. I,
1: it was excuse me it was inappropriate and I took it down and mm-hmm. when I wrote it I didn't realize it was inappropriate because I was only looking at the humor. But right. after it came out, and I looked at it, and I got skewered by, you know, comments. Multiple. Multiple, er- yeah. multiple commenters. Yeah. I, you know, I took, I did some inner perspective thinking
0: mm-hmm.
1: and self-reflection. Right. And I realized it was very inappropriate. And I, if you want, I'll, I'll cut off my fourth finger. I really don't
0: need that anyway. Your fourth finger? Yeah, I don't you need only need have it. four I'm fingers.
1: No, oh no, you have five, but I mean, oh, okay. not the thumb, not the, that first one, the second one, because uh-huh. I need—I might need to flip the bird at someone. Not the pinky, because you need a ring grip. finger. Yeah, my ring finger. Okay. All right. Well,
0: right. I, I'm sure someone would take you up on that <laughs> offer. Actually,
1: no, but I do. I feel really bad about it. Okay. So, but let's move. That along. being
0: said, the underlying ideas behind the article that spurred this comparison, you have continued to investigate and double down on. And that is the topic of conversation right now, correct? Correct.
1: What happened was after I got lamb blasted, and rightfully
0: so. Lamb blasted? Is 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 that a word? Lamb blasted? I think that's a cooking technique. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's when you take a leg of lamb and you blast it. You know? uh-huh. Okay, so you got lamb blasted. <laughs> we don't want to talk about what you do on your free time, Steve. What were you doing okay. as a journalist?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. I went to the bar and got lamb blasted. <laughs> no, <laughs> so what happened was I was covering a story
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, about a parking ban on on Green Avenue, and there was a rally against it. They took away some parking spaces. Right. Uh, on Green Avenue because it's two ways and there's a bike lane and it's a residential neighborhood and uh, Department of Transportation has in, you know has instituted this in some places around the city, much to the and I hope I say the word right chagrin.
0: Yes, oh my god, uh, I was going to say well, chagrin, uh, no, chagrin. You should have went with your original Steve Bonics, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, much to the chag- chagrin uh-huh. of uh. <laughs> uh <laughs>
1: of the you know of the people there who who want their parking spaces so right. there was a rally and you know I got the press release and I went to cover it and when I went to cover it I noticed that almost all the people that were really speaking about it were seniors that ah. had been there for a lot of years so whereas everybody else kind of covered it as you know as kind of like this parking ban thing right I kind of first of all a lot of seniors and uh, many other onlookers and political pundits, if they were going to look at it, in my mind, honestly, in mm-hmm. this re- and that a lot of transportation policy and mm-hmm. street policy is driven by lobbying groups like Transportation Alternatives okay. and the bike lobby. Right. And that they've kind of been driving this narrative now.
0: Okay, but hold on. Let's just go back to the seniors because- you have recently sort of awoken and come out as a senior. Yes, basically. that's true. You had this for the last 6 months you've been realizing that you're you're in your you're you're I'm embraced-
1: in my 60s. I'm a month away from 65, which by the way, when Social Security started, 65 was the legal age when you get Social Security. It also is the legal age for Medicare or Medicaid, whatever it is, right? Right? And it's also the legal age to get half price subway fare. Right, sixty five is actually like like twenty one is the legal drinking age. Mm-hmm. Sixty five is the legal senior age. Senior age, right? So you're
0: pretty excited about this. I am half price ex- movie tickets. Oh, ha-
1: I've been kind of lying about that for the last couple of years. Oh, okay, you know, right. to get
0: in. But you, you, some admissions here. Well, I mean.
1: You know, you never really grow up, and my youth, you know, right. yeah, I the, You could definitely
0: be the poster child for that.
1: But <laughs> right. You know what's really weird? One time I went to the Cobble Hill Cinema, and I looked old. I mean, I got a gray beard. I didn't sleep. My hair's is gray. Uh-huh. Why and were you I, going there? I went to see a movie, uh-huh. and the guy charged me full price, and I said, I'm a senior. And he ID'd me. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I'm a senior. He said, I want to see your ID.
0: Nice and he good for at him. And
1: he's like, "You're 63." <laughs> I'm like, "63? You can't give me the two? No, no, you're 63. You got to be 65. So I got caught.
0: I what? got caught. Wow. You know. Uh huh. So at 63, you're still getting in trouble. Yeah. Um. But anyway, okay. So anyways, you've you em- you've embraced your 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 you've embraced your seniorness. You've I mean you've le- mentioned to me at least like several ideas about writing articles about, say, the presidential election from a senior's perspective, Correct. and also just kind of being aware of issues I, that seniors face, and you, you've- you I've become sort of like, woke to senior <laughs> issues. I don't think that's the right word. Uh, I think you, you're becoming an advocate for senior issues. Well, I've always lived my
1: life advocating for, for where I am at that stage in life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. Yes, in a sh- in short, yes, right. I I feel that seniors. There's a lot of ageism, right? I've found it in the in the marketplace. After I took a buyout from News Corp, before right. I started Kings County sure. politics, trying yeah. to get back in the market. Um, there's a lot of really ageist comments mm-hmm. out there, and and you hear them all the time. Like what? Like die, die already. You're no
0: good. Someone you know, told you to die, or yeah, that,
1: which is weird because this is what I I really got to show. This. this is what leads to it. Okay, so
0: I wrote. The, all right, all right, but go so on. now, okay, so yeah, so basically, we'll, we'll preview into this by saying that Steve, in order to advocate for the for the seniors and elderly, has started a a a uh, a war between the generations on Twitter. Um But before that, let's go back to the transportation alternatives and talk about. Sort of the underlying. So basically, the Department of Transportation, as part of a pilot program, has taken away parking spots at either ends of the streets on residential residential blocks. blocks like Green Avenue and other and other uh, blocks around New York as a test pilot to ostensibly create better traffic flow for uh, ride sharing vehicles and for delivery trucks, which are part of the new economy, right? And that's these sort and of and for bikers. Uh, but they say it explicitly for for bikers, but why would why would why does it benefit bikers? Because bikers don't call parking spots parking spots; they call it public places. But I know, no, no, but your spaces. I'm saying the Department of Transportation is this Department of Transportation language, or is that Transportation Alternatives language? Oh, um, all right, the department. You're right. You're so, right. So, so the Department of Transportation is not saying that this is beneficial for bikers because it. it I don't see the purpose because the bikers aren't going to like go on their bike lane and then go into the parking spots. Like, there's no benefit to them to have these parking spaces removed. But what you're saying is... What I'm
1: saying is that the transportation alternatives and bikers are very much in favor of this. In, in, in It's not so much deliveries. It's they want a carless society. Right. And they feel that every little chip that they can make any little way, will contribute to this carless society. And I'm beginning to think maybe they feel if they can get rid of all the cars, that will give them the space to have good bicycle highways. Right. But they need to get rid of
0: all the cars. Right. I, I think I, I've definitely read stuff by transportation alternatives that, that, you know, and it's not just transportation alternatives. It's, you know, movements all throughout the world that feel that cars have dominated Help the city space too much, and that if we limit their access, then we'll limit their influence on the rest of the city.
1: Right. My argument to that is, right, that it's twofold. One, if that's to happen, let it become natural, like the horse and buggies. I mean, originally, the roads were for horse and buggies, and mm-hmm. cars came in, and it naturally evolved where they got rid of horse and buggies. Right. I now,
0: mean, I, I think they would argue that. There was a huge push by car companies to take over the streets. I don't know the history of it, but, you know, for example, the movie Chinatown, right? So, uh, do you ever see that? Yes, I have. Right, where basically, you know, the the car companies are trying to shut down the... um... No, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's not Chinatown. That's water. That's that's the water. I'm thinking, who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh. Did you ever see Who Framed Roger Rabbit? There's yeah. two different like L.A. sort of like public, right? But that's uh, kind of uh, strange because
1: Chinatown was based on actual water issue. Right, and that Who was Framed the Roger I, I, Rabbit yes. is
0: a totally fictional scenario. No, but it's real. Is that the, the Oh, car Roger co-
1: Rabbit was real.
0: <laughs>
1: Come on, the, Tom. The uh-huh. ideas
0: behind Roger Rabbit were real in that in that the car companies were lobbying against uh, trams and and public transportation in L.A. because they wanted to create L.A. as this car paradise. So, you know, I don't know if natural is the right word, but but, so do you see what I'm saying? I see what
1: you're saying, but I, I don't agree
0: with you. I think
1: that what happened was, forget public transportation for a minute. The Back in the day, people used horses and wagons.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: used horses before they invented cars, right? Then they invented cars, right? Yeah. And eventually... The horses gave way naturally. They gave way naturally. You had a car that did, you know, four horsepower or whatever it was, the the Model T Fords, right? Now we have zip cars. We have driverless cars coming. So I think to castigate people that grew up on car culture and say, you're wrong. We should get rid of them. That's social engineering. What I do think will happen and I think will happen sooner rather than later is driverless cars are going to come into being, mm-hmm. zip cars and everything. It, there, it's going to make more sense the same way cars over overdid horse and wagons, right? And I think rather than like socially engineer and demonize people that have cars is is well, I think that, value I think judgments.
0: I think those are two different things. There's the idea of demonizing and moralizing, and then social engineering, right? So, what DOT is doing is, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, there are tons of delivery trucks now because of Amazon and all these, you know, I mean, if you go to, like, Park Slope, it's ridiculous. You can't drive up the street. Which is funny because they did Bergen Street and they didn't go into Park Slope. Right. They stopped at 6th Avenue. But they have, in Park Slope, they have taken parking spots for zip cars, for example, like outside of Bar Toto. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, there's, like, you know, they take you know, 20 feet and say this is for zip car parking only, which is, you know, the ride. It's okay. Like... All right. I could, I could go with that. Anyway, so, like, that makes sense. I think what you are reacting to is this moralizing by, by groups such as transportation alternatives who feel that somehow riding a bicycle is morally superior to owning a And I have a, a theory
1: why they have that, too. Why? Here's my theory. I think this theory makes a lot of sense. Okay. You ever hear how teenagers have raging hormones? You know, and, and they get, no, now let's I can't to wait up. to see
0: where this is going. <laughs> All right.
1: Now, when people exercise, I go to the gym a lot. And by the way, you know, Tom, I'm a bike rider. You know, I, I've had two right. bikes stolen, but I, you know, in my, even in my 60s, I love riding a bike. Yes. All right. And you know that. So right. I'm not against, but I noticed the more I ride a bike, my endorphins, is that the right word is the Endorphins. Yeah.
0: Endorphins. Right. Uh What
1: happens is like similar to hormones, they begin to rage and they build up in you. And even Uh though you feel better, what Uh happens is it creates a self-righteousness where all of a sudden you're thinking, wow, I'm right. I'm riding my bike. The wind is in my back. How dare these pedestrians get in the way? What's this car? Screw the car. Screw the pedestrians. You know what? We need e-scooters. You know what? I want my bike to go faster. But you know, And I get a feeling <laughs> that it's raging endorphins that is causing um, the self-righteousness of
0: uh, millennial
1: progressive bikers. Well,
0: it's not just like, first of all, okay. I I what do you think of that theory? Well, I I like it actually. I do like it because it like it reminds me of like every single bike messenger I've ever talked to. You know? (laughs) Yeah,
1: their endorphins just go buck wild. Right.
0: I mean, but it's the idea that endorphins are like some sort of like rush that turns into rage. uh, No, not into (laughs) rage, but into like self, like uh, like uh, some sort of like uh grandiosity, self grandiosity, where you think they're natural steroids. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a weird moralizing road road rage. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I also think that there is a certain like I don't think bikers in other cities have the same attitude as bikers in New York. And I feel like it's like a New York thing where like. It, it's like a survival thing. Like, I bike in New York City. You know, no one's like, <laughs> I bike in Copenhagen. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't give the same, you know, you don't get this much street cred for biking in, in a, in a you know, beautiful Scandinavian city where, you know, every bike lane is like carved out and paved with like beautiful, you know, I don't know, like low right. emission oh, concrete. Oh, and Twitter, they and, were
1: like, there's some countries where 85 year olds bike everywhere and they live longer and healthier and better. Yeah, you know, Vietnam because go they don't yeah. have cars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but but um, so yeah, I think there's an I think there's an attitude that you get like from being able to bike in the city. You know, like eh, I bike in Manhattan. You know, you don't think it's the endorphins. No, I, I, it may be, but like I, I also think that like there's you know because you're you're operating in such a dangerous environment. Like, right. You you know you, you get that sort of. Self righteousness too. Yeah,
1: I mean, I have literally
0: seen. Bikes. But this is before yeah. millennial. Like this has been happening for a long time. Like it's not, it's not the millennial generation. Like right. bikers in New York have always been like this.
1: Yeah, it used to be bike messengers, but the, right. the, the situation now though is because there's so many bikers, it's like we have the bike population <laughs> going buck wild on this <laughs> stuff, and it's it's getting out of hand because they're right. not only cussing at cars, they're cussing at old people and. and but, pedestrians okay. and anybody that gets in their way and right. it's like you know excuse
0: me but w- but uh, what i don't understand is i feel like any lobbying group is annoying so why like why do you find bikers to be any different than anyone else who are like overly like obsessed with the cause even though even if the cause is okay and y- and you you generally agree with the cause and you say you're a bike rider yeah and you know, like yeah, I, I don't I think people are uh, that cause. Uh, yeah, like people I think everyone would be in support of better bike facilities in New York yes. City. But there is some, I know what you're saying, like there is this sort of like moral like and and I think the other thing is it's not necessarily true, right? Like I think a lot of bikers think, Okay, well I'm saving the environment, right? Like I'm not using a car, I'm I'm a bike I'm you know, I'm like contributing to whatever. Yeah. But you're really not. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you're, you're really not. And it's not that you've decided to take your bike instead of your car. You know, like you have a bike. You use the subway. Most people don't sit there going, oh, I'm going to use my SUV today or I'm going to bike. It's usually two different applications. And then when you talk about commercial traffic, like you can't replace trucks with bicycles. I mean, we're just not there yet. I mean, the real – so there is no – And if you're a young family and you got two or three kids and you got
1: to go to Costco – not one kid, but, you know, like, I, I raised four children here, and, and one was twins, right. and we couldn't afford anything at the time. We had a double stroller, and like, navigating the subways and buses when you have a, a bunch of kids in tow. If if you could have a car, be, you know... Of it, course,
0: of course, it, sure.
1: You know? Yeah. I mean, there but, might come a day where there's a driverless car, and, it, it you know, for two or three bucks or something,
0: you right. could just
1: pile them all in that car.
0: Right. But... And Uber might be
1: too expensive at this point. Well,
0: I, you know, I do agree with you there in, in that when you were going back to social engineering, like th- there will be the, like the self-driving cars, like they're coming. It's not going to take it's going to take a long time. But electric, you know, electric cars are actually going to what's really going to save the environment. Yeah. Electric cars and electric trucks and better battery storage facilities for solar power. Like that's by bi- people biking is not really going to do anything uh, well, or it, it will It'll be negligible in terms of emissions. But um until it's until it's feasible for yeah for the average person to to get a car as easy it is for them to get in their car and say go to work because a lot of people you know I think the, also the the people tend to think especially in this uh, demographic of people who are bicycle activists that everyone works in the boroughs and travels to Manhattan and commutes like they do with all the you know, in, with their like white collar jobs basically but a lot of people live in the suburbs or sort of work in the suburbs or work in different boroughs and like use their car all the time. Right. And until you can make it convenient for them to take a cheap alternative sort of self-driving, you know, what ride share that is eventually going to replace cars in 20 to 25 years, then it's it, it actually is a really really I people are going to r- rightfully push back against removing parking for them. Right. Um,
1: so just to move it along, after the whole Holocaust story <laughs> that I pulled, right, so I covered this thing, and what I found was a lot of seniors complained about the parking, and a lot of them complained about the bikers, and they alleged, and I think there's some truth to it, that a lot of street policy, you know, like Transportation Alternative and its propaganda-armed streets right. blog, right, right, is very bike-centric, Mm-hmm. and that they're driving policy, and that they don't own— they certainly contribute and have a part of the narrative, but they don't own the entire narrative. It's Why just, do you think they own the entire narrative?
0: Because they're the most invested in it?
1: Yeah, they're very—they put a lot of money, a lot of resources. They, they have a, their own little website, StreetsBlog, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the I seniors mean, were saying, <clears throat> yeah. right, they, were, they began to complain not only about the lack of parking, But they were also complaining, like, this shouldn't be a a bike thing anyway on this street. It's two-way. There's buses running on it. Right. They're putting a bike lane here, too. You know, there isn't room for it here. And, like, one senior said, my husband was walking my granddaughter, my 10-year-old. Is that your
0: senior voice? Yeah,
1: that's my senior voice, right? Uh And the bike just—I was a millennial woman, and she just went right through us— and she went to stop, but her handlebar caught my granddaughter's lunchbox, and snatched her lunchbox.
0: Can and you it, talk like that for the rest no, of the podcast? No.
1: But but the funny thing is, and, and the, that there is truth in that. I would say any pedestrian, and particularly any senior pedestrian, will have a story about bikes that swerve and cut and you yes. go around them, <clears throat> and they have balance problems.
0: Absolutely. I mean, my mom, you know, she she is, uh, she's legally blind. And she's deathly afraid of bikes. She's not afraid of cars. She's afraid of bikes because bikes they, they 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 are a lot more. They don't they don't follow the rules. I mean, and and, and they swerve I mean, on sidewalks people, if they got yeah. To people it. they drive on like uh, the and these electric bikes on sidewalks. Right. Like I want to clothesline these people. Like I mean, <laughs> you're not allowed to bike on a sidewalk, and then all of a sudden you get an electric vehicle. and Now you can go faster on a bike and a sidewalk. I mean, it just it is it it's without doubt. That bike bicyclists disobey more traffic rules than motor vehicle motor vehicle operators. There's no question because they're not penalized for it. Um, it's very rare that will you'll get a ticket for running a red light or doing your know, or biking against traffic or doing all sorts of you know really crazy insane things. And no matter what the bike lobby says that that this is distracting from the issue, you don't have that problem in like you know the Netherlands where, like, everyone obeys the rules, <laughs> you know? Right. You have these, like, maybe, maybe Germanic, to like, well, hey. if you have to, there's a red light, if you have to stop, you know? Like, if that were the case in New York City, that would probably get rid of a lot of accidents and deaths already, just right. like that. And that's something that the that the lobby does not want to admit. Um, I mean, they're, they're crazy. I mean, everyone knows it. Um, so that is an issue. I mean, maybe you need to enforce well, it more, but... Um, well, just to keep going
1: back to it, so I led this story with seniors' lead revolt against millennial parking ban, mm-hmm. and that was my headline. And I mean, granted, I tend to write headlines that do grab people. Yeah, and, let's
0: get yeah, let's get into this. this all is,
1: right, yeah. and there is some funny stuff. I mean, I think I think <clears throat> that anybody that reads Kings County politics, I will hope that they. They take it a little tongue-in-cheek because I'm a tongue-in-cheek person. I'm very serious, but I have an underlying philosophy. If you can't laugh at life and take things with a little Mm tongue-in-cheek, I mean, that's just my general overall life philosophy that if if you're not able to do it, um, there's an issue there. Right. I I just think people need to laugh at themselves in life. I think you need to take life seriously, but— you know, you have to also like come on, get a life. where, you know, we're we're using a little humor here, right?
0: Okay, speaking of which, so okay. so you you've just de- you've figured out what Twitter is now and you've decided that you're gonna go on an all out uh th- Whatever, going well, what to happened was it the... kept me up all last night. Uh-huh. They,
1: the seniors' lead revolt against millennial parking <laughs> ban. I started getting. Text. You love to
0: just toss out that word millennial. I mean, who it, doesn't? But
1: well, what I like is the seniors' lead revolt, and the reason I like that is in journalism, anytime you you read about seniors, it's usually a millennial writing about. Nor communities, naturally occurring retirement communities. Why isn't millennial
0: writing about be, that?
1: Because it, it seniors are aged out of the business. There just isn't as many. They get buyouts, right? And it's a millennial-led business. They they work a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. They they're more manipulative. If you're an editor, you know seniors manipulatable. Yeah, right. over. malleable. <laughs> right. So what what happens is they just kind of become an issue of the day. And if you look even at the presidential, what
0: point, about AARP?
1: They they're very good. I support AARP. Okay, you know, uh, uh, and they have a magazine, and they yeah. and they're an advocacy magazine, right? So I and I subscribe to it. I like AARP.
0: Are you just like trying to get a job with AARP? Is this your real no? That would be end, awesome. End game.
1: You know, it's a really funny thing. The editor of AARP used to be the editor at Rolling Stone. Really? And, yep. And they interviewed Bob Dylan at AARP. They've they've got some incredible interviews. They've really got some good writing in there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because, uh, you know, they, they're taking some, some people that have been in the business right. to write, which you don't get in these, you know, local media. Right. Well, they, I feel like
0: the baby boomers are really – they're changing the perception of, of being a senior, right?
1: Well, here's, here's the thing. Not only are they changing the perception of being a senior, but when they, in, when they institute – I think it was Franklin Delano Roosevelt, right? Mm-hmm. They started Social Security. The reason they gave the age at 65 is back then you figured they would be dead by 70. Right. Right. Yeah. Now more and more and more people are living to 100. Right. So when I write this, the, an article like this, and I get, you know, comments like die
0: already. Or, some, wait, can you read some of this? Uh, so yeah, let's just go back. On, to on the Reddit. And, so did you. Oh, on Reddit. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's gotten Reddit. I, my favorite <laughs> thing. I got to do this thing on Reddit because this is my. my Okay, how did it get on Reddit? Uh, we get on Reddit, you know, every so often we have a story that just, you know, it, it kind of goes viral and stuff like that. Which Reddit.
0: story went, was it the Holocaust story or the new one? That no, on the new one. The, okay. new one,
1: the new one. The Holocaust would have, but I pulled it really quick when I realized it was inappropriate. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't last that long because I, I did, re, you know, often for a laugh, I will write some without thinking. And once I thought about it, it was inappropriate.
0: Okay, know? so you know, you know I'm not right. You so uh, your millennial, the seniors' revolt against millennials, got on Reddit. Right. Which Reddit? What subreddit?
1: Yeah, hold on a minute. Uh, I got to find it here. It's on old Reddit and Reddit Reddit. I don't know what's what. Okay. Uh, oh, New York City comments. NYC comments. Right. Is right. That it? Yeah. Um. Here here's the the funny one. There's you're going to die soon. Give it a fucking rest. Okay? <laughs> that was one comment, right? And and you know, all old people you are stifling this country. Stifling this country. You're going to die sooner than we will. And yes, you are in fact mortal beings. I know that's a tough pill to swallow. Time to step aside, right? This is is this
0: your first introduction to the internet, Steve? No, this but is- but
1: it, what's funny is then um one person, you know, replied, you're going to die soon. Give it a fucking rest. You could say the same thing about bicyclists in New York City. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> you I, wrote that? No, I didn't. Somebody <laughs> else wrote I'm like, you know, seniors are battling back. So what I'm, my takeaway from all this is mm-hmm. the story hit a raw nerve. Millennials, I see millennials and boomers in a death match. Cause millennials, wait,
0: wait, wait, excuse me, a death match?
1: Yes, and why, why I think it's a death match is because we're all going to die. And in the grand scheme oh, of things, God. and in the grand scheme of things, of if of, of you look at time and space, two generations or three generations is like nothing. I mean, right. I got four kids. You know, when they're little kids, you're their parents, but then they get a certain age, and even though you're always their parents, they kind of become more friends, you know? they. they you okay, know, what are,
0: what are their, like— what other uh, fronts will uh, emerge on this war between the generations?
1: All right. Well, I see right away in uh, politics and uh-huh. the presidential elections. But the, the main ones I see right now is on the millennial front, they want universal income and right. they want. Their, well,
0: some some want universal. But
1: income. Th- there's a growing movement toward
0: it. Right. And there's Which would also, include seniors, by the way.
1: Wait, wait a minute. They already get it. It's called Social Security. No, is uh, let me finish, Tom. Okay. They get mm. it. They get it. They get. And not only do they get it, they paid into it. Right. Seven and a half percent of of every paycheck they ever got went into it. And for for people that don't understand business, the owner of the business paid seven and a half percent. Right. They had to match it. So fifteen percent for their all their years, whatever they made, went to Social
0: Security. Okay. Right. I, but is I, I don't know. I mean, first of all, the only candidate who's who's promoting a universal basic income is Andrew Yang. I'm not quite sure what his policy is, but is he suggesting to take away Social Security? I don't know. That's, I don't think he
1: well, is. Well, that's, that's my question. That is, if you're mm. going to talk about that, and another issue that's very, very strong right. with the young crowd uh-huh. is college loan forgiveness. Right. All right? Yeah. Now, my argument is... Fine. As a millennial, as a boomer who you're accusing me on on blogs of stuff right. of it's you guys that screwed up the earth. You're so selfish. And, and that's literally, ridiculous. I, I have there's yeah. comments, all kinds of comments. since right. I wrote this. Right? right. So my argument is this. I'm not necessarily against forgiving your college loan. Right. But I'll be damned if you're going to do it on the back of that 15% that I paid in for 35 years and not only that.
0: But why but- do you think why do you think it's a zero sum game that if they repay the student loans then that takes away from seniors? It's pockets.
1: economics, Tom. People no. got Oh,
0: where's the money going to come? It's just going to fly off the trees? No, they <laughs> I mean, the people who have talked about student loan forgiveness and I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the, i mean i i am to a certain extent but i i don't agree with just wiping out everyone's debt because what do you do after that then people after like there's so many s- really obvious questions like okay if you er- erased all student debt right now right right okay now what happens next year right and what do do, do is it just do we just eliminate the entire student loan industry or do uh, do you know the people behind us you know behind the, these people who just got all their student debt eliminated they just have to you know deal with it and get student loans and take out debt again that doesn't make any sense and how
1: do professors get paid
0: dude that's not student student loans go to student loan company they go to financial companies who then get oh. they they pay the institutions the institutions don't take get the loans themselves
1: yeah but if they pay the institutions what do the institutions do with that money they pay their workers.
0: Right, but Steve, all right. so <laughs>
1: come on, Tom, it's economics 101 here. Well, I don't money, understand it's what you're the saying. cash
0: flow of money? I'm not look, there's, you're talking about, first of all, that's another separate, separate discussion, which is the cost of institutions. Right. right. And when you went to college, Steve, what did you pay? I got tap and pal like everybody. And, it, it, and, and the tuition was a lot lower than it is now. Right, And so there are legitimate reasons why people feel like they've been screwed out of the system when universities, even state universities, start increasing their administrations and their costs, start raising tuitions with no added benefit to the consumer, which is the college, uh, you know, the students, and and puts people in these positions where they have to take out ridiculous loans. All right. So, so there is a legitimacy to that. I agree. Um and and the people who have put forth plans have said that they want to tax wall street for example i don't know the 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 specifics of it but it's it's i think it's like uh some sort of like um securities tax where you trade you know every time a trade is is made like this a small percentage goes you know is is taxed basically to um reduce speculation and just sort of you know random like just financial trading for the sake of financial trading. There's also um, you know, proposals to tax the ultra-rich. Rich, I have not heard of any proposal to say, we are going to take from Social Security to pay young people's student loans. That proposal doesn't exist. You don't think the federal government's borrowed from Social Security? They have, but the, nobody who's proposing to uh, re, uh eliminate student loan debt entirely. I mean, and the only two people I'd know are Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, right They are not like they're not saying we should strip old people of their pensions and then pay young people what? so I, I don't think th- I think this is not a real front.
1: Well, Tom, here's what I'm saying as a woke senior. Okay, No, I've got, we've got to address it. Have what? you, re- have you registered woke senior No, yeah. I'll
0: need to do that. Woke senior You have
1: to. Yeah, maybe I will do that. Or, and change
0: but, that to your Twitter handle too. Yeah, woke and then senior. just start like talking shit about millennials. This is going to be a problem. Though. If you start eating coffee beans again, this is what you're going to be doing. I know. For like I know. And I'll have my endorphin kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And I drink a lot of coffee. and you know that. I know. But but. Listen to my argument. I don't want to veer off course, right? I would, no,
0: God forbid we veer off course here because we've been having such a directed no, conversation. I would
1: go for, you know, forgiveness of loans, maybe. I, I understand the right. plight of of these people that are faced, you know, they're out of college and they're faced they're way behind the eight ball with loans. Right. But just the same way I would go with that, nobody, nobody has been addressed, and I haven't heard in the political debates or anywhere else the the Social Security checks and the amount of people get. My mother's 90 years old and she gets a cost of living raise at like 2% every 10 years. Every you know? 10 years? Yeah, or really? 8 or 10 years. She just got one. If I took a check right now and I've worked my whole lifetime, it'd be like 1400 bucks a month. Steve, okay. No, wait, wait. Let me finish, Tom, okay, because right. you're giving the argument about how it comes from Wall Street right. and this and that. My thing is, if they're going to get the money from Wall Street, if they want support, if they want boomer support of yeah. millennial issues right. then there needs to be a trade-off and millennials need to give support of boomer issues and i don't mean writing articles about nor community and that involves the streets too by the way the same way they put a, a bicycle with flowers up every time somebody dies of a bicycle they should have a statue of a senior and i'll bet you more seniors die every year of, of car fatalities and bikers and let, let me finish here okay. if any kind of spending Any kind of spending that is given to millennials should also be given to seniors. I mean, I don't understand why seniors have to fight for a livable Social Security check. And to use a millennial argument that we're fighting for everybody, because millennials will say, we're fighting for everybody in the world. I would say as a senior, by doing this, we're fighting for everybody because those millennials are going to be seniors. And not only that, but we have... You know, people are living to 100 now. Right. When those millennials become seniors, they're going to be living to 110.
0: Okay. So you've just, like, mentioned four different things here. that Let's try to, like, just I'm sort saying, separate. I'm unpack it. But, yes.
1: But I'm saying that the issues should be tied. Right. I really believe that. Right. That, that there's not enough talk about senior issues. Seniors are on the brink of poverty. They're on the brink of homelessness.
0: And the Social Security checks is not a livable wage. Okay. I mean, look, uh, from what I understand about politics is that seniors, because they vote more than young people, are overrepresented in the political arena. Well, we don't hear in the debates. Did you hear anybody talk about seniors in the debates? No, but, and that is a good point, but- when it comes down to it, they are, they, you know, they do get a lot of attention from politicians because they are the ones who actually vote at the ballot box. Where's the money? What do you mean, where's the money?
1: Where's the money? They're living on the seniors, the social security checks, our poverty. They're like minimum wage, Tom. If you're getting $1,400 a month, they're talking about a $15 an hour thing give us $15 an hour for 40 give give us as senior citizens right. social security checks give us $15 an hour times 40 hours give us the minimum wage which is a livable wage as seniors
0: um okay i mean look i know i don't know this much about you know the 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 raises and the cost of living wages, ra- but i do know that there is a macro issue with social security that has been Happening for a long time, right? So, because people are living longer, and you know, even even before that, I mean, like 15 years ago, people were talking about how Social Security is going to run out of money in like 37 years. So, there are a lot of things that need to be figured out. I don't, I don't, I I don't know enough about them to discuss them right now.
1: Well, you're talking to a woke senior, my friend. <laughs> if, if we're going to talk millennial issues, and I'm going to, if I, we're going to talk millennial issues, then. Tie it to senior issues. Otherwise, is a senior, you're not going to get my support. Guess what? you're loan but, off.
0: But here's first of all, uh-uh. I, I really, I really lament the fact that I'm the sort of millennial. I'm not a millennial. You're I, the between. I'm a between. Uh, I'm Maybe a they between. Should call so, you the between generation. So, it, so <laughs> the idea that I'm negoc- so I'm negotiating uh, on behalf of the millennial it disturbs me. But I, f- first of all, what I would say to that is while I think. You, I think there is something to be said for the younger generations feeling that everything that it ha- is happening to them is the most important thing and that that leaves other generations beside. I will totally agree with that. Um, I do think that a lot of people and the people that I think you're sort of you know, expressing your vitriol as a woke senior towards, if you sat down with them and you asked them very specific questions about what you're talking about in terms of a living wage for seniors, they would probably agree with you because they are more progressive. I mean, th- they would agree with everything that you're well, saying. Well, if they agree, then they so, should well, also compromise and, but, and but, talk about it. But not it's not about compromise. I think what you're talking about is attention. It's about the idea of getting attention, right? And that's, that's something that people have long complained about, specifically millennials for, is that like they... They're so self-obsessed and self-centered that they don't see what else is going on. Did Th- the they world. drive all the narratives? Right. So that's the real complaint. It's not that they wouldn't actually support the initiatives that you're talking about. It's that they want to be the focus of attention. And the and I think the transportation alternatives people also fit into that category. Meaning, all the proposals, most of the proposals that they would, you know, advocate for, you wouldn't. You would all. You w- would as a woke senior would probably agree with. For yeah, example, like I... raised bike lanes would be beneficial for everyone including Absolutely. seniors. So it's not about that, it's about the look at me, oh my god, we're the most important thing. I can't believe all this bad stuff is happening to me and we've got to do this and da da da. And yeah, that is very off-putting. Um the idea of what was it? Putting up statues to seniors who've been know, hit by cars. I, I thought, you know what? I was, I think you should do that, Steve. What you should do that. Advocate for that. Yeah, you. I want you, you to go a bicycle. around. Yeah, you <laughs> should go. You should like keep. You can see like a like a statistical, you know. And then anytime a senior, yeah, they should I mean, put so. a statue of somebody with a cane. You know, and put flowers on them and go. This is where like Joe white Smith cane, died. <laughs> a white cane. Yeah. I think. Dude, I think that's your cross to bear. And you can put them up on wokesenior.com. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, man, run with it, dude. Like, I think that that's a great idea. Yeah. Right? I look, seniors get killed by cars, right?
1: And I have yet to see, and I don't know if anybody keeps statistics, but the amount of accidents, even reported accidents, I bet most go unreported, mm-hmm. of bicyclists running into seniors. I mean, is there right. is there, is there even states? a category? Yeah. Is
0: anyone even keeping track of this statistic?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think that should be kept track of. Why seniors? Seniors matter. Seniors matter. Oh god, don't do that. <laughs> Seniorsmatter.com. No, no, dot com. No, 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 no. <laughs> you like woke seniors.com Woke senior is <laughs> a
0: little bit less offensive. Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: But you know what? It's funny because I was writing a column and and I was saying that, um, whereas you know. Us seniors might not be as fleet as foot or, um, fleet as foot. Yeah. Fleet fleet in foot, Uh fast as tongue, or hard in the dick as we used Uh, to be. Uh, as we used to be, oh, but God. that doesn't mean. And I had to put that that last one in. Well, you put that in an article. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna post that probably today. Oh, I'm sure that'll get on Reddit. <laughs> I just why don't the, you just post that as the quote for your next <laughs> newsletter? <laughs> just forget about the article. Just use that quote. What senior? <laughs> <laughs> and then don't even explain. Don't even compare it. Just like even though we are not fleet of the foot. <laughs> fast in the tongue. the tongue and hard in the dick as we dot, used to be as we used to be <laughs> dot 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 Stephen wit <laughs> well news of the day
1: well here's the thing even though we're not uh-huh. um, generally speaking we're more we have more wisdom because we've lived longer we have sure, experience sure. i mean it's yeah. you know and you know and generally speaking we were once there as as younger people we tend to be a bit self-righteous. You know, I raised
0: four kids. There's there's a time That is true. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Maybe maybe that's why you're so upset because it's the seniors who are supposed to be the most self-righteous, self-righteous and maybe not that. the younger generation. <laughs> maybe that's just me. I'm self-righteous as you Come. Exactly. Oh, it's a, it's huh? it's, the, it's a self-righteousness war. Yes. Yeah. But but here's the thing. It it's the re- an indignation. It's like the seniors are the ones who are like supposed to be yelling at traffic, not the millennials. That's right. We're supposed
1: yeah. to be the crazy He's like, old, "Ah, you yeah. crazy, man." <laughs> <laughs> and That's the millennials right. are stealing your thunder. That's, That's what's happening. You know what, Tom? That's we a very figured good it out. point. Yep. I think you figured it out. Right. But either way, there's there's a a,
0: a millennial versus verse, uh senior war going on. I see, I'm not convinced of this. You have to give me another example because I don't believe that the student loan debt to Social Security, like wage raise, is is a comparison. Give me another example. Another example is street culture, which we
1: went <laughs> over. Street policy, street policy.
0: No, no, that that was the first thing we talked about. So but,
1: now I gave you two. So you want a third? What? No, you, now, if you I gave do me a one. Third, you're going to get a fourth. You gave and a me fifth. one,
0: which is bicycles versus old people in New York City,
1: and then I gave you a second, which is about that that. Um, Loan forgiveness should be tied into social security. And
0: I said that that's not. A, I th- I think I said that's not an accurate comparison. I don't think that exactly. Wh- they're not. They're not. Uh, contraposed against each other. So give me another. Well, no, example. I think they're contraposed because if- you could co- you could compare that to military funding. Like it it it's all bu- just part of the big budget. Right. So give me another example.
1: Of of what example you have now? The millennial versus- boomer
0: war. jobs okay right. like in terms of what like the digital divide and like yeah and competencies and, 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 with the new economy.
1: Right. yeah people are being uh, a lot of people in their 50s and and the suicide rates are higher for people in their in their older ages and a lot of it's because they're taking buyouts and they're forced into buyouts
0: well no 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 no
1: with tom you just oh here we go not another example every time I get no no, no example, okay okay go, no, like, go, no, ahead, go, no, ahead, go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead Uh, You know, the the fact is, seniors have been priced out of the job market for millennials, and then when they go in for another job, they face a young human resources person, and there is, and I personally have experienced it, there is an ageism
0: there. But that's always been the case. It's not something particular between these two generations. Like, ageism has always existed, being unfairly kicked out of the workplace has always existed. But
1: it's it's getting bigger and stronger now because we have a larger aging population. Right. And there's a lot of, there is a
0: wonton, or is that a soup? No, keep on going. Is yeah. it a wonton it, attitude or is that it, a soup? No, it is a wonton attitude to, towards- <laughs> No, what's the word, Tom? It's wonton, I, yeah.
1: It's wonton? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure that's not the, the thing it's you the soup? It,
0: it's close enough, yeah. <laughs> no, it's wonton. <laughs> It's wonton soup because you want it so much, you right? Know? Yeah, it's like a wanton lust for dumplings in broth, right? Um, okay, so <laughs> <that's-> <laughs> they have a
1: won- <laughs> what do they have a wonton? Yeah, they have a wonton soup attitude, right? <laughs> uh, toward um, toward senior issues, uh-huh. and w- as we have a growing population throughout right. the entire country, right? Th- there's literally Ageist derogatory language being spit out, like okay, well, diarrhea. And, no, and no, no, what's no, no, ad- no, no, no. And are talking about
0: ad hominem remarks towards you, I, I agree. I agree that 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 is happening. The flip side, though, is there is actually a flip side in the, in the baby boomer population, in that because the baby boomer population was so large, um, there are tons of baby boomers in posts and living longer and holding on to jobs that in previous generations, the people would have retired or uh, died. So that actually is creating a clog for uh, career advancement in lots of different industries. So there's two things, two different things going on. Well, you know, it's interesting. We did
1: a story uh, yesterday about, uh, and I'm going to call them New York City's finest because everybody hates the cops. There, there's these three cops that um, also have pilot license, and they started a nonprofit where they're teaching inner-city kids and kids of color to fly at 14 or 16. And okay. when I covered the press conference, uh, the Brooklyn Borough President, I don't remember the numbers, he said that actually the pilots are way down. There used to be like 30,000 or something, right. and they're, they're like cut in half now, and there's a real need for pilots. And this could be... This is a kind of job thing where an older person, it, it might not work. Now, there's an industry where it could, could use youth, uh-huh. right? You, you know, because health concerns might relate. You know, like as an older person, your reflexes aren't as quick. You know, Right. You, you might you, not be hard in the
0: dick enough right. to be a good pilot. Right. You might yeah. not be hard enough in the dick, although yeah. you could
1: still get it up. <laughs> at least I can, at times.
0: <laughs> Too much information. All
1: right, well, either way, right? Well, you were the one that brought it up again, so if we- I didn't
0: bring <laughs> up your particular <laughs> No, but once you
1: bring up hard in the dick, you know, uh-huh. I'm all on that. You know? Steve's been
0: operating on two hours of sleep, yeah. just as a no, trigger right. warning for everyone who's going to listen yeah, to this Yeah, but I'm usually that way, even. I guess you can't eight put a trigger warning 48
1: yeah. minutes into the show, but- Okay, so, yeah, maybe we should have. All right, well, anyway, going into what you were saying about jobs, right? Uh-huh. That's a good point. Another point to be made, though.
0: So you're saying, well, millennials can get jobs as pilots.
1: No, I'm saying that there is a good argument to what you said that there's a lot of boomers right. that are living longer and have jobs longer. Yeah. So that there can here's here's the thing. I'm not advocating the same way you said millennials wouldn't go against you wanting a livable wage as a senior citizen. Right. right? I. I Understand the millennials' issues, right? And and if you ask most seniors, as craggy as we are, whatever the word is, right? Craggy, yeah, <laughs> is craggy the word? Sure. But, all right, but <laughs> um, I think most seniors would agree with you know these issues. You know that that millennials face certain issues, uh-huh. and it, and we agree these issues need to be addressed. Okay. So I what I'm saying is that to bridge the divide, it has to work both ways. Right. And we each need to understand each other. And I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that from the millennials. Right. I, and well, maybe,
0: maybe we should do some sort of like a multi-generational you know, peace process or like a, uh, you know.
1: And, and by the way, what's interesting about this is my mother's 90.
0: Uh-huh. What does she think about millennials?
1: No, she doesn't. But whenever you talk to her, she says, I'm a depression baby. Her generation was labeled Depression children, and I never knew that. Like Boomers were of the age. Right. The, depression children were born into the depression.
0: So she wasn't a greatest generation. She was like kind of a little bit right after that.
1: A little before. What? No. She was. She was the edge when of the born? depression.
0: Twenty nine. That's pretty. That's kind of greatest generation. Now. Well, no, it's a little bit. Like.
1: Yeah, because it'd be twenty nine, thirty nine. They'd be like 25. It, it was kind of like it was between right. the greatest generation and, and the baby boomers. No, the depression. The one before them, before the greatest generation, was the depression generation.
0: No, because the baby, the greatest generation of the people that, that fought in World War II who had babies that became the boomers. They were the baby boomers, right? So like my grandfather was born in 1920. He was 20 in 1940 when he went to the war. They are the greatest generation. So they were born before the depression.
1: Well, then who were the depression babies? The depression babies were. Right, they were
0: after the greatest generation, but before the baby boomers. So like, they didn't fight in the war. They right. They grew up, but they were older. They were born before World War II, so they weren't part of the baby boomer generation. Gotcha. A lot of them fought in like Korea and right, right.
1: yeah, like my uncle fought in Korea, right? right? Yeah. But my mother calls herself that because a lot of those kids were born when their parents had nothing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you got to save, you got to do this. And that, that was, right. she calls herself a depression
0: right? baby. Does she, would she have like canned food in her kitchen yeah. at all times yeah. just in case something horrible happened? Yes, that's de- that's yeah. very indicative yeah. of a depression
1: yes. era baby. Yeah, right? I've heard that before. So, you know, it's it's interesting- that when you look at the different generations, the generation I really feel bad is the, I think it's yours, the generation X, you guys are like forgotten,
0: yeah, but there's something nice about that too, like I don't know you're I, generation X all right? right well, I, you know the, the, at at some point there was a generation y, but then like I don't know if that actually exists anymore like generation x I, I don't know, I actually don't know, I mean, but yeah, we're in be- we're like the we're like the nadir between the two large groups of of people born around the same time so the baby boomers and then like actually i think my the year that i was born 1977 there were the lowest amount of babies born in the united states really in that whole in the 70s or something and then it you know it, it rose immensely in uh in uh the 80s yeah
1: so it's interesting maybe the generation xers
0: your generation it, I feel like it psychically for me it is cuz I grew up even they were older than I was but those that that was the culture that I absorbed even though I was a little bit younger to press young to participate in it like the slackers and you know the I don't know like that sort of the, idea, the, idea of culture like I I was raised on you know and that's my mentality Absolutely. And
1: what's interesting about that is there's a certain amount of boomers, um, including me, like late baby boomers. I was bought kind of born late in the baby boom that we were influenced by the 60s, but we were a little too young for the 60s culture. Right. You know, like I, I graduated high school in 72. The Vietnam War was still going on. And, of course, I knew Woodstock and the Vietnam Wars, and we did walkouts. But it was kind of in high school. And by the time I became draftable age, I got a number, right, but the war kind of was winding down and over yeah you know yeah yeah so the, the the 60s was a huge influence on a lot of baby boomers, but a lot of baby boomers actually didn't you know, especially late baby boomers really weren't part of the
0: 60s as much right. Yeah, they were the '70s. You guys were the '70s, right? Right, we came of age in the '70s. Yeah. All right. Um, we're definitely drifting very far off topic right now. Well,
1: I find it a very fascinating subject to talk about ages. All right.
0: And I'm looking forward to your efforts as as the commander of the senior forces um, to change the perceptions of seniors and to bridge the gaps between the generations and to recognize all the violent deaths that seniors have. Encountered on the streets of New York.
1: Well, you know, I'm very thankful for this conversation, Tom, because I'm I'm thinking this through with talk,
0: and I'm talking
1: it through. Right, be, like talk you know, therapy. Yeah, it's like talk therapy. Like, and you know, I. It's I, funny how that
0: doesn't work on Twitter.
1: Yeah, that doesn't work. Talk therapy doesn't. They no. just take it and yeah, you know?
0: it sort of escalates. Yeah, and Twitter it, is is it's really the worst. Of social media platforms it's so bad it just maybe that's the reason why generations are fighting <laughs> or just yeah. everyone's fighting
1: oh the twitters have, have been going gonzo after me and i spent all night i didn't sleep i was answering twitters i've never done that before
0: i think people on twitter are angry because they're on twitter if they just quit twitter they wouldn't be so annoyed with the world you know it's a good point i really do Because I've just, I've sort of, I always have dabbled with it because I've never really engaged with it because I don't find it very interesting. I mean, I I like to read news articles on it, but, I mean, people like talking back and forth. Actually, I like to talk shit to, like, promoted ads. I like to respond to those. That's the only thing I like to do.
1: You know, it's interesting because yesterday, for the first time, I I get goaded into responding Mm -hmm. because I try not to. Even the comments on our site, I really try. And every so often, I'll respond to one and it was a wave of res- – and it's like I could spend my whole day responding. But one of the problems I found yesterday in, in doing Twitter and responding yeah. is not only do you have to argue back, but you can't go over a certain amount of words. So you got to, like, edit your you argument. To think about what you're saying? Now, oh, dude,
0: that's killer for you.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous because how can you – it's like a verbal argument right. where you have to weigh your words. <laughs> Just Never heard oh, of such a that's thing.
0: That's that is a buzzkill for you. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, we've hit the hour mark here, so okay. I think we should uh, wrap it up. I don't think we need to do lightning round. This is like one long lightning round, I think. Right. Um, so next week we'll probably be back with um, uh, a more intelligent conversation uh, about <laughs> I don't know what, but um, you know, as always, you can find us at Kings County Paul's. Uh, on Twitter. On Twitter. And at Steve, if you want to it, it, tweet to Steve. <laughs> it's Stephen underscore Witt,
1: S-T-E-P-H-E-N underscore Witt, W-I-T-T.
0: Please do not hold back. Just you know, tell them exactly what you think.
1: But I'm not going to answer because I'm learning my lesson. So just have at it.
0: Okay. Well, this was a spirited discussion, and we look forward to having another one next week. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you.